What up, y'all? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. Today, I'm going to introduce you to episode one of my Outer Range podcast about the show Outer Range. Now, if you haven't heard the intro, go ahead and listen to the intro episode and then go ahead and dig into this episode. It's episode one. Uh, it's a totally different podcast. I just want my Lockdown Universe listeners to know about it because it's an amazing show. It's an amazing opportunity for us to like join in together on a conversation about a show that I think most of my listeners will enjoy. It has sci-fi, mystery, and everything else uh, that I think my podcast listeners love. So I'm going to make a separate podcast, but I want you guys to be able to hear it here. And then you can always subscribe on the uh, the other podcast as well. It's called Outer Range Podcasts. Uh, it's got the picture of uh, James Brolin. I should say Josh Brolin. Sorry, I can't get James' name out of my head. So, yeah, go ahead and listen to this one. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to uh, the Outer Range podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll meet you there. Enjoy. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Outer Range podcast, where we examine everything that happens in the Outer Range universe. This show is fantastic. And welcome to the podcast. So, what is outer range is it a murder mystery show is it a drama is it a cowboy show is it sci-fi well it's all of that it's all four it's all five it's all six it's basically anything you can think of family drama you got you got some a little bit of violence you got a little bit of mystery you got all these enigmas and clues to figure out in the in the show. And let me tell you, if you take your eyes off of this show for one minute, you're going to miss out on so many different clues. You'll have to re-watch it to gather and write down every clue that comes along and then re-watch the show to see it from Royal's perspective. So let's get into this, okay? We've got a lot of characters. We've got a, a great show. We've got great casting Great writing, great directing. I mean, the directing on this show has been talked about on many different uh, articles on, on the internet. Um, people have, have been amazed at the, the direction. Um, it, it's filmed like a movie. Every episode really seems like you're at the movie theater enjoying a blockbuster movie. And for that to just be available with a subscription to Amazon Prime is just amazing to me. But... Let's get back to the show. So obviously, if you listen to the intro podcast, I talked about the fact that it's starring Josh Brolin, great actor, um, and it's got a host of other great actors in it. Um, it's got Noah Reed from Schitt's Creek, um, who played Patrick on Schitt's Creek. Uh, it's got um, Will Patton, who plays w Wayne Tillerson. Uh, it's got Lily Taylor. Um, and it's just got a whole host of really well-casted um players including Imogen Poots who plays a fantastic myster mysterious and enigmatic character that wanders onto the Abbott Ranch. So let's get into this a little bit. Now this is this podcast is going to have spoilers so if you haven't seen the show you might want to watch the show before listening because we're going to talk about what happened in the show and some of the mysteries that come along. So the show starts out with a horse running and Royal Abbott talking about a Greek god called Kronos, who had a sickle who was able to cut and tear through the cosmos between heaven and earth to separate the known from the unknown. Now this is 
a statement and a sentiment that's brought up multiple times in the first and second episode. So they talk about Kronos and about the known and the unknown. Wayne Tillerson talks about it uh, in episode two, um, and we t- and we talk a little bit more about what it means to have the known and the unknown. What what is so fascinating about the unknown? And in this show. The vast majority of the show is surrounded by the void, which is unknown. We don't know what this void is that Abbott finds on his land. He tries to rake dirt into it. He tries to cover it up with a blue tarp. He tries to do everything he can to try to get rid of this void, but nothing uh, can make it go away. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, so let's let's talk a little bit more about what happens in the in the first episode. So we talked about the intro and uh, it states at the very end of the first scene the world has been waiting for something like this what that statement means i have no idea yet and i don't think any of us will for a little while i think this show does a really good job of keeping things in the dark giving you a little bit at the beginning and then keeping you and stringing you along as you go along through these through these episodes and maybe even seasons um, that's what makes it great. The entire, uh, plot is surrounded around the Abbots. Um, it, they are cattle ranchers in Wyoming. Uh, the filming is beautiful, whether it's done in Wyoming or not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but it's, it's, it's beautifully shot. Um, the, the director has done a magnificent job and the episode really revolves around the ranch by and large. Um, the ranch and a bar. So, first off, we have uh, two families. The Abbots, that's led by Royal Abbott, who is, is played by uh, Josh Brolin, and then we have the Tillersons, which is led by Wayne Tillerson, who's acted um, by Will Patton. And Will Patton, you might know from Remember the Titans as the football coach. Um, and then I believe he was the offensive uh, coach underneath uh, Denzel Washington. And then um, he was also in Armageddon. So he's been around a long, long time. Uh, and everything he touches is gold. Same thing with Josh Brolin. And then, in my opinion, you have the third lead, who's Imogen Poots. Uh, she stumbles across the Abbott Ranch. And she's this mysterious, hippie-like chick who seems to be on just kind of this journey, um, and she states that she just wants to stay on the ranch for a few days, and then she'll leave. But she makes some interesting statements when she meets uh, Royal, and she states that, uh, you know, it's it's nice to finally meet him. That's an enigmatic statement. It means she knows something, right? She's been waiting to meet him particularly so she knows something about him she states she's been looking for the abbott ranch uh royal believes that she's from boulder and uh and she's looking for a sustainable ranch she says she knows the abbott ranch is sustainable well why is sustainability so important to her right maybe in the future it's unstable and that this location is a very stable location Maybe it's stable for wormholes, for the void, right? She states she's been looking for a place of enlightenment, but she's just joking. 
she says she's a poet. She tells Royal she'll pay for staying. And apparently it's a good chunk of change because as he walks off with Rhett, who's his son, he states that, uh, you know, Rhett says, who, who cares around that much money? And Royal says she does. So it, it can't just be like 20 bucks or 50 bucks. It must have been like 100 bucks, 500 bucks, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks, who knows, right? But whatever it is, you know, it must have been significant for him to even mention it. But uh, again, I get a little ahead of myself. So, um, going back into the uh, initial stages of this episode, everything's very stoic. Every character is very stoic. Uh, not, not a lot of emotion uh, is really drawn out. But, um, they continue to talk about this Greek god, Kronos, uh, at the beginning and in the second episode as well. Um, so, in the beginning of the episode, we have Cecily who is Royal's wife, who wakes up from a dream about her daughter, Rebecca, who is deceased. Uh, Rebecca is her uh, daughter-in-law, who is married to Perry. So Royal has Cecily, is his wife, then he has Perry, who's his son, I believe it's his eldest son, and then he has Rhett, who's his second oldest son. And Perry was married to Rebecca, who they believe is deceased or she's disappeared we don't know perry doesn't want to believe she's deceased uh, she just disappeared so in my mind thinking forward did she just happen to be an unlucky person who found a void or the void and disappeared we'll get into that but she, she hasn't been seen from it, and she hasn't been declared dead. So that's that's what we know about Rebecca. Uh, but Cecily had a dream about her. She stated that he came, she came back and, and ran into everybody's arms and was happy again. So this is what we know. And again, this is Cecily's, Cecily's family's farm. It's been in her family for three generations. Now, Royal's the head. However, he's he married into this, this uh, ranch, I should say, not farm. He married into it. So um, it's been in her family for three generations, and he's part of this family now and has raised his family with Cecily. So we get a little bit of an intro into the Abbott family. Rhett's seen as kind of like the household drunk brother. Um, he smells like a distillery in the show. Um, and then you know, we're, we're all supposed to kind of understand the family dynamic in this scene. Uh, Royal comes in and he tells everybody he's going to go feed the horses, but... Cecily says, hey, what, what are you doing here? Uh, we got to get to church. And um, I'm sorry, Cecilia, not Cecily. Cecilia says, we got to go to church. And uh, he's like, well, what, we, what are you talking about? He looks at his watch. He says, it's not even 8, eight o'clock yet. Now, this is interesting because he loses two hours here at this point. She says, it's almost 10 o'clock. It's time to go to church. So he lost two hours when he was out kind of out in the um, pasture with the cattle um, and, and looking around. So we already sense that something strange is going on in this in this episode. So they go to church and Royal sits in the back. He's not he's not part of the uh, congregation at all. He's way in the back and there's plenty of empty rows between him, him and the congregation. I don't even think he's sitting in a pew. I think he's sitting in a chair at the back of the church. So it's clear that Royal has, has some distance between him and God. Uh, and he's, he's not having religion so much. 
Uh, he may have at one point, since his entire family is going to church, but he is not. He's not having it at, at this part and juncture in the podcast or in the show, I should say. So, uh, after church, we have a bull riding scene. We get to see Rhett ride, and this bull is like out of control, right? So, uh, Rhett tries to do his best riding it, but he gets knocked off pretty quick, and it seems like he's not able to advance. Um, so that's okay. You know, we, everybody has a bad day. So he sees a, he sees some girl in the audience, he, or and he waves to her, and he kind of moves on. And now we get to find out a little bit more about how Cecilia and uh, Royal meet. Uh, Cecilia's putting Amy to bed, and Royal is found to not even know his mother or father's name. Uh, so Cecilia's putting Amy to bed. She says, I'm going to tell you how, how Royal and I met. Amy wants to know. She asks about it. She, uh, Cecilia states that Royal doesn't know his mother or father. Something happened that he can't remember, and he ran away. And he ran right to the ranch. He was drawn to the ranch for some reason. And he walked right up to the Abbott Ranch, and that's how he met Cecilia, and that's how they came to be together, which is interesting. So he was also drawn to the ranch. Now, I'll get into this in a second. But um, this has something to do with him meeting uh, Autumn, who is played by Imogen Poots, the, the hippie chick that I talked about earlier. Uh, so hold on to this memory. So the next scene, we have uh, Cecilia uh, picking up the phone. Um, or I'm, Well, she does pick up the phone, but not before Wayne looks out the window. So we have Mr. Tillerson at his home. He's got a breathing tube. In, and he's sitting in a wheelchair. This is Will Patton's character. And he looks out through his window. Um, that's, I believe it's from his bedroom. He's looking out into a, a huge pasture. And he hears the strange noise. He goes to his buffalo's head. And he, he this buffalo head on his wall. And he says, he asks him if he felt it too. He says, you feel it too, don't you? I hear it. So he hears this sound, and it's it's very low. It's very it's audible, but it's pretty low. So it's like, well, you know, what does he know about this sound? You know, it's strange, right? So he, he you get this sense in his eyes that he's he's seen or heard this noise before and seen something in his past. So he picks up the phone. He calls Ce uh, Cecilia. You know, this is not his wife. This is Abbott's wife. Uh, and he calls her and he says, something is happening. And he looks at a small circular fragment on his table and tells her something is happening. Well, Cecilia hangs up because she apparently knows Royal or knows uh, Wayne. And just this isn't a time that she wants to talk to him. Royal's right around the corner. She doesn't want to seem like she's, you know, doing something behind his back. So she just hangs up. It seems like something is going on here. Why would Wayne call Cecilia? He would only call somebody that he knows. That he knows well and that maybe was also in on it back in the day. Also would know something about this sound and what happens after this sound. So I feel like this is a really pivotal part in this episode that, that maybe we had overlooked at the beginning. Uh, but once you go back and rewatch it, you say, okay, wait a minute. These two actually might know something. 
and something might have happened in the past, and they might actually know what's going on with the Void. They might have actually had experiences with the Void. And I think that is what we're going to find out later on in a few episodes, maybe the next episode. But I think that's what's going to happen. So uh, Royal goes to check on the cattle, and he finds that two cattle are missing. So he wakes up his son, Brett, and they go... They're getting ready to go out and try to find these two cattle, see if something happened. This is the point when Autumn walks up. Now, again, right, I talked to you about this earlier in the podcast. Kind of jumped ahead a little bit. But she says that she's uh, she's there for enlightenment. She jokes. Um, initially, Royal thinks that this girl is walking up for rats. Just one of his random scraps, you know, his, his Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. You know, he, he dates around and... And this is just a random, but this is a girl that's there for a reason. And we come to find that out in a little while. Uh, but she's there for a particular purpose, okay? And so when she walks up on the farm, she she tells him she, she feels kind of drawn to this farm, that there's something amazing about it. She feels something, and um, there's a magnetism, it seems like, to this farm. Royal Abbott had it when he wandered up to the farm so many years ago and met Cecilia now we have Autumn, who walks up to the farm, is drawn to it for some reason. We don't know why yet, but she's drawn to it. So again, she pays to stay, and, and, and Royal allows her to stay, even though he seems disgruntled, and he, he tells her that it's a cattle ranch, and it's not a, you know, a visitor ranch. Um, but he allows her to stay on the West Pasture. That's where he tells her to go stay down the line. So she's safe and out of trouble, and really out of Cecilia's eyesight, I believe. So the next scene, we get introduced to the Tillerson boys, the other uh, ranch family that's on the other side of the fence, a, a far fence, a far barbed wire fence, you know, huge, these are huge pastures, in, uh, I should say, in uh, Wyoming. So it's not like it's a fence right next to their house. This is like way out in the field, uh, you know, a good chunk away. And we see the Tillerson boys, Luke, Billy, and Trevor, speeding through the desert on their ATVs, picking up dust, kicking up dust. At first, I thought it was uh, Royal and his sons going out trying to find some cattle, but it was the Tillerson boys. And they're coming up on their ATVs, and they meet up with Royal and his two boys who are riding on horses, kind of, you know, got that old-school feel versus the new-school feel with the Tillersons. You got an idea in your mind that these Tillersons might already have some money. They're riding around once they catch up to um, the Abbots at the fence, doing circles, kind of goofing off. Uh, you got uh, you got uh, Noah Reed's character, Billy, just kind of joking around and singing. We get the feeling that Billy's a little bit of a jokester, a little bit of play, plays around a little bit too much, maybe not be the brightest in the bunch. Um, and then you got Luke, who seems to be kind of second in command. And then you got Trevor, uh, who comes up peeling through uh, the desert as well. And Trevor's, you know, talking to Royal. He presents him with a letter from the county assessor, tells him that, hey, you owe us part of your land. My dad wants this land. Uh, the assessor says it's it's ours. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to give up some land, basically. Well, Abbott isn't really having it, um, but Luke seems to be the peacemaker here. He wants to make peace amongst both families. He doesn't want fights, so he tells Royal that, you know, once Trevor's out of earshot way, hey, I'm going to try to talk to my dad and try to figure something out. Seems like a cool guy. He actually you know, comes across as very, very legit. So, after this event, 
Royal splits up his team and goes to look for cattle. He sees Autumn camping out and about, and he, uh, he sees something else through his binoculars. So he decides to ride towards it. This is the point where we are first introduced to the void. His horse isn't having anything to do with it. The horse stops about probably 50 feet away from it and stays back. And Royal hears this low rumble when he comes up to the void. It seems very sizable. This void seems very large. It's, it's at least 50 to 100 feet in diameter. It's very large. You know, if, imagine multiple people laying down on a field up to 100 feet and then in a humongous circle. It's, it's a large circle. But this is where it gets really interesting. He puts his hand into this thing. First he throws a stick in and it disappears, and then he throws a hand in, and the camera starts, or the direction starts to kind of vibrate a little bit, and he's transported to an event where he's in his home and walking towards his kitchen, and Cecilia says, Joy's here, say hello. And he looks in the kitchen, and then it blinds out of focus, and he sees two boys, one with black hair and one with red hair. And everything resolves back to normal. He pulls his hand out. It's a little bit blackened, and, and it's strange, uh, but it, the blackened portions return back to normal color quickly, and uh, he goes home. Now, when he comes home, this is what's really interesting. The event that he experienced at the void happens when he walks in. He walks in, and she states that Joy is there and to say hello. And so he knows right now, right at the, kind of right in the middle of this, uh, this, this episode, that something is going on on his land. He was able to see into the future for a portion. He didn't stick his hand in there that long. So maybe there's something there to how long you uh, put a body part in to see how far you can go into the future. There may be something there. We don't know yet. Um, but he comes in, and Joy is um, Joy Hawk. She is the uh, the sheriff for their county, and um, she tells them that the search for Rebecca will be called off by the FBI because it's hit the nine month mark, and they haven't had any leads. And the police chief is super friendly. Uh, she's really really nice uh, woman. Uh, appears to be uh, Native American, and she states so later. Uh, in an episode, and she states that uh, she will, she might be the first uh, Native American female uh, and uh, gay police chief. So she has, she has, you know, quite, quite, a, quite a background, and um, you know, it's going to be interesting in this neck of the woods to have all of that um, alongside her as she as she runs for office. So. Um, the daughter of Perry and Rebecca uh, prays for the family, and Autumn is now sitting out by the fire. And an A for the Abbott Ranch comes into scene. So Autumn, she's always out there. She later on in the podcast, in the episode, she starts writing in her journal. She's writing in her journal different different things. We can't quite see what's going on, but later on. We're going to find out what, what she's writing in that journal. But what's really interesting here is Royal goes back out to the void. He wants to find out what's going on with this void, what's happening. He tries to cover it up, tries to throw his shovel in even. After he starts trying to dig some dirt into it, he takes a blue tarp trying to cover it up. And that falls in as well. And so he looks at the assessor's letter that he got from Trevor. He crumples it up, he tosses it into the hole, and he looks back to see his horse. But instead of his horse, he sees a bison or a buffalo 
with two arrows stuck in it, kind of in its hind side, kind of side back. And the buffalo walks to the side. What's going on here? Is this buffalo from the present? Is it from the past? Is it from the future? We have no idea. Typically, when you think arrows, you're thinking, okay, that's the past. Maybe it was being hunted. But again, we still use arrows to this very day, even in hunting, although typically rifles are used for hunting more than more than bow and arrow these days. So we don't know what's going on with this buffalo, but this buffalo continues to show up in, in scene after scene, both in the first and the second episode. So... Um, <clears throat> So Autumn states to Royal that she feels that this land is special for some reason. Um, and she says the world plays out in the way it's supposed to, which seems kind of prophetic, right? Like she, she feels like, a, a, like there's a destiny, a fate, that there, she believes that, that things happen for a reason. And she, she, you know, gets to meet up with Royal and he, she he asks him, she asks him, how much would you sell this land for? She really likes the land. She appears to want to stay. She states that she might, he, <laughs> she might actually have this money on her. Royal's like, why are you talking like that? You're, you're talking like you actually have it on you. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I, I just might. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what's interesting to me, um, is that, we come to find out later some very interesting things. We'll get there. Um, but anyway, the next scene is Rhett and Perry go out to the bar. They're trying to cheer each other up. Perry's super depressed because the FBI has given up search on his wife, basically saying that your wife is gone and you're not going to see her again. And nobody's looking for her, right? Despite what you've looked for, you know, and how, how much time you spent, that time doesn't matter because nobody else is looking anymore. So... Um, they're going out to the bar. They're trying to cheer each other up. Um, and uh, the brothers uh, encounter the, the Tillingers. So all the boys, the Tillinger boys are out. And they have a boys route. Same bar. Okay. They end up getting into a tussle with Trevor. Okay. So Trevor's outside. He's hanging out with a girl. Um, Perry gets too drunk. He goes outside, throws up <laughs> Trevor's shoe or boot. And then... Uh, they get into an argument, okay? Now, Rhett sees that they're getting into an argument out there. He runs out and basically pushes uh, Trevor back, you know, and he's like, you know, quit, you know, quit messing around, da-da-da-da-da, this, that, and the third. Um, and Rhett starts to beat Trevor down, and he Trevor loses his belt buckle, comes off. One of the girls from the bar comes out, sees what's going on, um, but Rhett walks away before you know, anything really bad happens, you know, he didn't kill him, okay, walks back into the bar, sees the Tillinger boys, daps his hand on the, on the, um, table, says, what's up, boys, when he daps his hand on the table, the blood from Trevor, I believe, uh, it, it comes off of two of his knuckles and left on the table, so right there, something's going on, and the, and the Tillinger boys know it, so now there's evidence that something happened, they don't know what. They don't know Trevor's outside. But they know that something happened with, at least with Rhett. Okay? So, Trevor starts to argue again once once Rhett goes inside. And Perry starts... He, he doesn't want anything to do with it. But Trevor starts in on him. And he basically says, you're the reason your wife left. And this day is the day that he was told the FBI isn't looking for her anymore. So, guess what? He beats crap out of him. 
beats him to death, actually. And so now when Rhett was just going inside to go to the bathroom and pull the car around, now he comes around to find a dead body in front. So what are they going to do? They start putting the body in the truck, take off, get the hell out of there, right? So they get the hell out of there. And the brothers are driving down the road trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with this body. All of a sudden, they have to slam on the brakes. Why? Because the bison with the two arrows is right in front of them. And they slam on the brakes and they're like, holy shit, what the hell is going on with this thing? And so this is interesting because now we've seen this buffalo in front of Royal. Now we've seen it in front of Rhett and Perry. Is this a clue? Could this could this be a clue in Rebecca's disappearance? Is the buffalo just a warning sign? And did it come from the void? But it seems like the void has only shown us the future so far. So could this buffalo have actually come from the void from the future? Or could it have come from the past? Or is it merely just an illusion? That's what we're trying to figure out. That's, that's one of the big things we're trying to figure out is this buffalo with two arrows in it. But anyway, the boys go home and park in the in the barn royal comes to the barn and sees what's going on he's freaking out he almost calls the cops and then he decides that in his mind he can't lose another child or i should say part of the family right so perry's already been through enough his wife's been missing for nine months he has a child who's amy who needs her father and and rhett is the brother of perry and he, he royal doesn't want to lose him either so he thinks the only thing they can do is to get rid of this thing. And he knows exactly where to put it. He's putting it in the void. So they 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 pack this body up. They take it out. And um, they take it out on the horses. They don't take it out on the truck. They take it out on the horses. And uh, they're on their way out. Now, uh, at least that's that, that was my assumption at first. I thought both Rhett and Royal were going out. But apparently it's just Royal. So the next scene we have coming up is the Tillerson boys are already already at the house, at Abbott's house. They pulled up and they're like, okay, where where is uh where is Rhett? Perry opens the door. Where's Rhett? Both Billy and Luke are there. And he's like, they're not here. And they're trying to force their way into the house. And Perry's like, no, you're not coming in the house. And uh so they go down to the barn. They're like, well we can we want to see if his truck's here. We know something's going on. They think they kidnapped their brother, and they're right. <laughs> Sometimes those those little hints in your stomach that you feel, those those uh, thoughts in, uh, that affect you, are actually real. Those little feelings you get in your stomach. Sometimes you gotta trust your gut. So they go down. They try to bust into the door. Right? They can't get in. Uh, something's going on. You know, it's locked. Perry says, "Hang on, I gotta go get the keys." He goes to fake him out, trying to go get the keys. They go, they start kicking in on the door, kicking it in, kicking it in. He's like, stop, stop, stop. So finally he opens it up. But see what he did when they were back at the house was he was flicking a switch on and off in the, that was uh, linked to the barn to let them know something was going on. So while Royal and Rhett were in the barn wrapping up the body, they were able to, to um, kind of cover up any any signs of anybody being there or any bodies being there they put some hay bales in the truck so once they opened the, the barn nothing was there well the tillerson boys don't believe that and believe that at all and they find uh i believe what is uh some horse dung and uh 
they and it's fresh, so they feel like somebody went off riding into the into the fields. They take their truck and their ATV, which the ATV seems kind of strange. They just seem to happen to have it in the back of their truck, but you know it is the country, right? And this this show gives us a vision into the lifestyle of the Wild West, which I think is a beautiful thing. It's something that a lot of Americans don't get to see. It's a lifestyle that a lot of us don't get to see, especially if you're near, you know, a larger metropolitan area. You're not familiar with this lifestyle, this cattle ranch lifestyle, or even a farming lifestyle, which they're not. But, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with a farming lifestyle. But even a cattle ranch uh, is even more unfamiliar, it's more more uh, specialized and and quite frankly, um, there's not a lot of people who know what it's like to live like this. So this is a really interesting um, insight into this Americana. Um, a lot of people find the cowboy lifestyle uh, very uh, uh, you know, tough, rugged, and it is. Um, and so these guys are tough and rugged too. And Til the Tillinger boys bust through the Abbott's gate that leads into their field. So these guys are not only busting down, trying to bust down their door to their house, and just walk right in they're trying to bust through the barn door now they're busting through the gate with their vehicles they're causing all kinds of damage these guys seem to not give a crap and they seem to think that they own the world and what we find out is the Tillersons are actually pretty pretty loaded they're pretty rich and have a lot of influence so we don't know this yet but we come to find that out so that's why i think these guys are doing what they're doing and they're they're headed off towards royals direction royals riding off with this body but uh, his horse has given up on him. He needs to get through this uh, fenced-off, barbed-wired area. So he takes the body, throws it through the, uh, through the fence line, and then he tries to get through the barbed wire, but he gets his shirt caught. Shirt, his bloodied shirt is hanging now on the barbed wire. I'm thinking to myself, damn, Royal, what are you doing? You're leaving your, your shirt behind? That's like a dead giveaway. At least if you take your shirt with you, you can't leave anything behind, but he leaves it behind. I'm like, God, what are you doing, guy? So uh, so he, he keeps moving forward with uh, the body. And uh, he, he's able finally to make it to the void and finally toss it into the void. And the body just makes this, you know, very silent, very quiet descent through the void, you know, and it, 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 and it, and it walks kind of just hovers for a moment, allows you to kind of soak the moment in. And, um, and that's kind of kind of where we're at. Um, so Royal had to make the decision. He had to dump old Trevor in. Um, and Autumn. Now, Autumn shows up with a light in Royal's face right after he dumps him in. We think, as the audience, it's like Luke or it's the cops or it's Billy. But it's actually Autumn who shows up with a light in Royal's face. And she asks Royal about the Greek god Kronos and how he has trickled down through every civilization and carried a sickle to cut a hole to separate the world, this world from the next. She says that's how we got time. Kronos is chronology. And she sees him dump the body. She says, who else knows about this? And she, he says, no one. And she asks, really? Now we think she's talking about the void. She says, she says, why? And she says, she won't tell anyone. 
she won't, you know, and he feels comforted and she grabs his, his arms and she, you know, she says, I, w I won't tell anyone. So we're thinking he's, he's got a confidant, right? She's, she seemed to be very caring about him. She was very, uh, interested in him when she got there. She paid him money to stay there. Um, she was friendly with him, although, you know, still enigmatic, you know, asking about how much he would sell his ranch for, um, and just seems to be a very mysterious woman. So while she's holding onto his arms, she launches him into the void totally unexpectedly, right? We're like, what the hell's going on? Why would she launch him into the void? This is the end of the show. He goes into the void, he disappears, he's done with it, it's over. He goes into some alternate universe. And will he will he even be in the next episode? That's what we're thinking. We don't know. So that's what the beauty is, and that's exactly how they end the first episode. So there's lots to unpack there. You know, we have a lot, a lot going on. We have the fact that he left his bloodied shirt on the, on the, on the, uh, the barbed wire, right? These are the takeaways from the first episode. He leaves his shirt on the barbed wire. Uh, why did Autumn push him into the void? What is she doing there? Why is she so enigmatic? Why is she so roundabout with her questions? And, and why does she want to buy the ranch? Um, and why is she drawn to it? And why does she say it's nice to finally meet you to Royal? Like she knows something about him. Um, you know, and then what about this murder, right? What is Perry going to do? What is Rhett going to do? Um, uh, how are they going to handle the Tillersons? Uh, how are they going to handle the police? If this ever, you know, comes out that they don't know what their dad's doing out there at this point. They just know that dad said he's going to take care of it and for them to stay home. That's all they know. Um, what's going on with the buffalo with the two arrows in it? This thing has popped up with Royal at the Void, and now it popped up with the uh, uh, with the um, Abbott boys when they were trying to figure out what to do with this body. So this this buffalo is very strange. It, it doesn't. It's not really linked to anything that we know of. But not come to think of it. Who else had a buffalo in this episode? None other than Wayne Tillerson himself. He had a buffalo skull. Uh, I shouldn't say buffalo skull. He had a full buffalo head in his house that he spoke to. It's really interesting to think about. But he, when, at the very beginning of the episode, he said, You feel it too, don't you? Now, is that the same buffalo that he saw? Or is it a different buffalo that came to him when this void was around years before. It seems like maybe there's some link there. There has to be. Because this buffalo, not only a buffalo head appeared in a Wayne Tillerson's house that he had hanging on his wall, and this buffalo has been showing up all over the place in this episode. Are the two connected? How are they connected? We don't know. Uh, what about Rebecca? She's been... she's disappeared for nine months now is it possible she fell into a void somewhere we don't know what is the void about well we know that royal stuck his hand in and he saw what was going to happen in the short term near future right so we know that it can go into the future a little bit or well at least it can let you see what happens in the future um and you know what about um the two missing cows did they go into the void there were two missing can remember earlier in the episode there was two missing cows 
that we we still haven't found yet so that's that's kind of how we started off um the strangeness right in this in this episode and at the very beginning of the episode was what happened at the end he turned around he saw a light and he was shirtless and they talked about chronos so the the entire episode comes full circle from the very beginning learning about Kron- the chronos mythology and seeing abbott with a light shining in his face to the very end where we find out it's autumn who has the light shining in his face and, and we know why you know why you know what's going on there so we're still in question of what happened to Royal? Is he going to live? Is he going to come back to the next podcast? We, or last episode? We don't know. Um, you know, and, and so we're going to find out. But now we have a pretty good understanding of the main players of this show. We know Wayne Tillerson is, is the head of the Tillersons. We know that Royal is the head of the Abbots. And we know that the kids, right? We've got Rhett and... Perry on the Abbott side, and then we've got Billy, Trevor, and Luke on the Tillerson side. And then we have Autumn, who's this real, just total wild card. And then we've got Cecily, the mother, uh, Cecilia as the mother, and then Amy as the daughter. So these are the folks that we know, and we're going to learn more about these new characters uh, as we go. So what did you think about this show? Are you intrigued? Are you willing to to move forward into this amazing journey that is the void because in the next episode it gets way way better and we learn a little bit more with each podcast about the mystery and these these are the kinds of shows that i love they have sci-fi they have drama they have mystery they have intrigue they have a murder mystery now too on top of it they incorporate uh native american lore they incorporate uh, a side of Americana I'm not familiar with, which is the cattle ranch uh, lifestyle. Um, and and the directorial vision really gives, gives you a sense of what's going on. The way they capture these large spaces and then bring it in close to allow you to feel like you're there really brings this show full circle and, and brings it home. For you as the watcher and the viewer, the observer of these people's lives um, and stories. And so it, it's it, it's well-directed, well-acted, well-cast. Um, I think it's got staying power. I think it's going to be around for a while. I hope it is. Um, and I hope enough people tune into it. Um, if, if Amazon's backing it, chances are it's probably going to have uh, a good amount of seasons behind it. So I think it's... Uh, it's going to be great. I think the season, uh, the future is bright for this season, and we do have season two reportedly coming out in July, so that's great. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys stay healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, continue to follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe out there because in this outer range universe there's lots of questions and lots of mysteries to figure out so until next time outer range universe podcast is out